Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I am so happy to have you join me once again on this wonderful Thursday. As you know, every week I strive to bring you the most exciting guests to help us educate, empower, and inspire you so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. And today's guest is going to do that. She has a very interesting story. I love this whole story because I've never had anybody who was a kindergarten teacher who became a business owner in the doggy dog world. And let me tell you a little bit about her. First of all, welcome to the show, Angela. Hey, Jody. Hi. Thanks for being here. Um, a little bit about Angela. She has, as I mentioned, a very interesting background. You see, she has taken her unique kindergarten teaching skills and has applied them to creating a place where dogs learn, play, and thrive. Angela Pantalone is an entrepreneur, teacher, dog trainer, and mom to both dogs and humans. She started WAG Central in 2017, and in that short time, WAG Central has exploded into a hub of canine culture, focusing on nurturing the connection between pups and their humans. And I have to tell you, Ange, I love that last part, focusing on nurturing the connection between pups and their humans. Because Explain that to me. Well, our dogs are our beloved companions, and I don't know when it became that or if it always was that, but if you ask anyone who owns a dog, their dog is their child. You know, dogs are the new kids, or maybe they always were our kids, but right now in our culture, people love their dogs. People personify their dogs. People want their dogs to have the best of the best. And um, I just kind of hope that I'm helpful in that aspect of it with their, with their journey of dog ownership. And I try to be as helpful as possible in it. So let's start from the beginning. And I, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of us, I am a dog owner. I've had dogs my whole life and rescued one about three years ago. And she does come to Angela's place, Wag Central, and has a fantastic time. And we do personify our dogs, don't we? Like we really, and I want to get into that more, but I wanted to go back to the beginning of what, what brought you to the idea of opening up this cultural canine hub, you know, in the first place? Well, the idea started small. Um, it was, um, I was at a point in my life where all of a sudden I found myself single I, um, I am a mom. I have three children. They were getting to the age where they weren't, weren't quite so needy anymore. And at a pivotal time in my life, I started thinking about the next 15 years. What was I going to do next? I kind of felt that I was in a spot where I could sort of reinvent myself again, um, but still wanted to do something that I loved yet. Um, maybe go a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, so, you know, I had a bunch of things in my background. I own some small businesses already. Um, 
you know, they're real estate holding companies. So I was a landlord and I still am actually a landlord. So I'm really good at um, refurbishing and making things nice and managing that kind of a business. Um, and as you mentioned in the preview, I am and always was a kindergarten teacher. Um, I taught, I was a camp counselor for years. I went to school and became a teacher. I taught kindergarten for about 10 years um, before staying home and having my children. And, um, you know, I love, love, love that, but I wasn't sure I really wanted to go back to the rigorous schedule of teaching um, just because I still had, you know, the kids at home. Again, not so needy, but still kids. So, you know, I was at this impasse trying to think about what I wanted to do next. Did I want to buy another property and refurbish it, or did I want to do something kind of different? So, um, Toward the last, I don't know, probably in the last 10 years, I'd gotten a dog um, and she was my world. Um, the kids really wanted her. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll get a dog. And, you know, within weeks, the dog became my dog. So this is Lulu that I'm talking about. She's yes. nine years old now. And, um, you know, Lulu became my dog, following me everywhere. She's Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, a little lap dog. And, um, you know, here I am one day trying to figure out my life and I'm going on a walk with her. And we're both kind of, you know, a little bougie. We were starting out on a November day and the wind was picking up, you know, these cold weather sort of times that we have in Connecticut. So November was coming on hard and we kind of looked at each other and said, hey, you know, it's kind of cold out here. You know, I know we need our exercise, but can we walk somewhere inside? So I started to take the time to research what I, what activities I could do with my dog inside. And I was learning that the options that were coming up were some great options, but just not ones that were necessarily right for Lulu and I and the rest of the family. So I started, started to grow. I really got got interested and started to research um, dog care, um, you know, what dogs need, what they, what we as humans think they need, finding the balance of that. Um, and it became sort of a journey. I thought I was going to open a place that we could walk dogs inside. I learned very quickly what a horrible idea that was. Tell um, me why. Why is that horrible? Explain that to me. Because I know you went through a long, long journey coming to this conclusion. So tell me why that isn't a good thing. It's so simple, Jody. And we we tend to complicate things just as human beings, but it's so simple. And this is something you've probably heard since you were little. Um, you know, the old fight or flight? Well, dogs are very fight or flight. So if you put them on a leash, you take away their flight. And when you take away their flight, you set them up for failure. They could Right. And I don't know about my little 20 pound potato Lulu, how she would do in a fight, but I get it. How often do we see people who are walking down the street and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Hey, is your dog friendly? And you're like, yeah, my dog is friendly. And the next thing you know, the dogs are twisted up and you're on the floor or on the ground and then somebody gets hurt. And it's really getting back to the simplistic part of it that, you know, we teach dogs that when they're on a leash, they should be next to us. And when we let them go off a leash, they can be dogs and they can play. So it's really that keeping it simple sort of thing. So having learned that dogs are fight or flight and thinking about opening up a place where people would drop in and walk their dogs, it just wasn't going to work out. So then it emerged, hey, you know, what's getting kind of new and trendy um, is doggy daycare. Um, I never thought that doggy daycare was such a big deal, um, but it really is. People 
nowadays, you should be looking at the whole life of your dog. And when you look at the whole life of a dog, you realize that, hey, I want to make sure that they're happy today. But how are they going to be happy in 10 years? How are they going to be part of my family? How do they fit in? So I tend to look at the whole life of a dog, just kind of back to what I was teaching back in kindergarten. You know, there's an old poem, um, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten, you know, how right. do you to about crying when someone passes away or planting a seed in the cup and then how that eventually dies and you know all of these things and it's just a simple poem but it really sets the groundwork for life and I kind of feel right now that I'm setting the groundwork or I'm helping people know how to set the groundwork for the rest of the life of their great time with their beloved companion their dog. I think a lot of people I love that story by the way I didn't know that story and um a lot goes into raising a dog and a lot of people do not understand. We're going to get to the whole pandemic and what happened with dogs and so on. They don't, I love the point that you made about not thinking about the dog just now, right? but in their future. And, you know, if you relate that to humans or even to children, what we're teaching them now is little ones, let's just say in kindergarten, we're setting them up, hopefully for success later in their life because everything they they could have learned was in kindergarten, as you said. So yeah. that's interesting to relate that to the dogs because I've never thought of that for Ava, who is my dog. And it, that's a you know that's a great attitude, and I think more and more people need to understand that it's not just now; it's for their whole life. So with that idea, as you started researching and realized, okay, a doggy daycare is, is fairly new. This was 20, you started doing the research back like in 2016, 2015. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was doggy daycare still a very new thing back then, or were there like little spots of them? You know, we both live in Connecticut. Yeah. No, there were little spots of them. And there's mm -hmm. so many different concepts about what makes doggy daycare work. But, um, you know, I started thinking about how I wanted it to work, where I wanted my dog, how I wanted my dog to be separated, how I wanted my dog to be nurtured during the day, how I wanted, you know, a bunch of things to go during the day. And when I realized that I wasn't quite finding that, I just decided, hell, let me try it myself. So I did. I love that. So what went into it coming from, did you grow up with dogs? When I first met you, you didn't have a dog, mm -hmm. um, but growing up, did you have dogs? I did. Um, we had a dog, Ernie, um, and it was very typical old school, what you can remember about a dog. Our dog lived outside in a doghouse. Our dog was chained. <laughs> I don't even know to what, maybe a tree or maybe the doghouse. I don't know. We um, opened up a can of dog food and fed our dog in the morning and fed our dog at night. I even remember my mom had certain knives in the drawer that we would use to scoop the can out. The dog would get half a can in the morning and half a can <laughs> yeah. at night. It was, we treated our dogs like dogs. I mean, we love them, but I remember I grew up with poodles. I don't know. What was Ernie? Oh, Ernie was totally a mutt. Definitely some kind of a spaniel with big floppy ears, but okay. a mutt. But yeah. I remember my mom just letting the dog, and this was a poodle. So this was a foo-foo dog, letting the poodle outside to just run. And she would come outside and ring the bell and the dog uh -huh. would come in for dinner. Ah! Dog training. Yes, dog training. Exactly. <laughs> Even back then. And I, I just, nobody ever thought about it because everybody years and years ago, we didn't, I don't think we personified our dogs as much as we do now. So you did have a dog growing up. Yeah. So then, so you start doing this research. You want to create something that's new and exciting for Lulu. Let's just say yeah. it's for Lulu. She inspired yeah. you at the time. At the time, she was my inspiration. <laughs> 
I'm just like, okay, what do we do now? So, um, so what? So I guess the next steps were finding a building. Um, mm-hmm. This gets a little boring, but you know, it's zoning, it's putting it in the right place, finding the right place, um, you know, doing the leaps and bounds that you need to do with the city to be able to bring in this kind of a business, which could possibly be not um, noisy and upset residential, blah, blah, blah. So oh, yeah, getting through all of that was quite a journey and um, yeah, an education for sure. Um, but then I got to, got to well, a you part got of what to- I love. You became a, you got certified. You went through the entire education of becoming a dog trainer. Was that like the first thing you felt you needed to do was really immerse yourself in the dog world? And when did you realize, wow, there's such a correlation between being a kindergarten teacher and teaching dogs? Because even though you grew up with a dog, you probably were not the person who trained it or did a lot of things with the dog. Well, okay. Um, yeah, there was a, there was train. I, you know, in order, I, I really feel that if you're going to do a job, you've got to be legitimate. You really mm-hmm. need to know. There's lots of ways to learn how to work with animals. Um, I just didn't choose the route of doing it online. I thought, um, let me have an actual dog in front of me. And as I described before, the dog that I had in front of me was a 20 pound Cavalier King Charles, sit on your lap, lick your face kind of dog. But there are definitely other kind of dogs out there. So I went and I trained with German Shepherds who are dogs that are very active, want to run, want to play, get very large, but also want to be trained. And um, I was a little afraid of dogs because those, those that particular dog, because they, were, they weren't as big as me, but they were big. And um, to get a, you know, a, a dog to listen to you, to know that you're in charge and to obey. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. So I wanted to be legitimate, you know, um, having acquiring clients, getting people to buy into what you've started. Um, I feel that you really need to know your stuff and you had to be um, authentic. You had to know you had to, you had to know what you were doing. You had to be the real deal. Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, it's still a learning process. Um, you know, I really know what I don't know, but at the same time too, I know a lot and, um, getting back to, you know, the touching on to, you know, what I did as a kindergarten teacher, you know, so much of it is just common sense and people say you can't teach common sense, but I feel like you could light the fire of common sense every now and again, what makes the most sense. And a lot of time it's just keeping it simple. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of this just goes back to keeping it simple and it's just the way to live life sometimes. And it was the way to start this business for me. I do think people over overthink something that could be very simple, not like in loving your dog or loving your children. I, I know for me that, and I, I could speak for you, that that comes pretty naturally, innately. Um, but for a lot of people, they may not, they might not know exactly what to do with their dog. They might feel uncomfortable at first because they think they have to do all these things. What would you say to somebody who gets a dog now? What what would be the first the first five things you would tell a new dog owner? Ooh, good question. Okay. The first few things to tell a new dog owner is, you know, just to feel like you're part of a community that we're all in this together. There are so many dog owners and then so many more since COVID, there are so many people in the same boat. So, you know, there's no reason to feel like, oh my God, my dog doesn't behave. Um, I think the second thing is to know what kind of dog you have. You know, if you get a dog like Lulu, you know, she's going to sit on your lap. If you get a German shepherd, like the ones that I um, learned about and trained with, 
it, then you know that they're going to need a lot of exercise today. So know what you're getting yourself into and be smart about that. Um, I think another thing is socialize early. If you're, if you're able to get your dog um, at a time when they're less than a year old, then you want to immerse them with noises, with vacuum cleaners, with blenders, with slamming doors, with different kinds of flooring, um, you know, and, and train them, you know, get the simple commands down too, but get them to know the rules of your home. Dogs really want to know what the rules are. I don't know. Was that three? That was um, three. And I'm going to stop you. We're going to do two, two more. Okay. I'm going to hold you to the two more, but right. that's, that's interesting that you mentioned to introduce all those different sounds and textures yeah. and whatever it is. And I, you know, when I was raising my daughters, that's what I did. I didn't, I wasn't that mom who said, no, I cannot see humans for the first six months. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on in, touch, feel, hold the baby, yeah. things like that. Because otherwise it's, you know, and a lot of, a lot of parents also do this and that's everybody's choice, but you know, they don't leave the child with a sitter. So they don't, they aren't introduced to other people. And I think bringing your dog to like, to wag is a great way for them to socialize because now they know, okay, mom or dad is dropping me off and they're picking me up. So exactly. is that, so um, let's finish with the other two, what yeah. the, the other two things that owners should know in the top five. All right. So kind of piggybacking off where you were going with that. I think you've got to think about the longevity of life. You know, you're going to have your dog for a long time. Teach them to walk upstairs, you know, teach them that when fireworks go off on the 4th of July, that that noise is okay. Um, And sometimes they're not going to be happy with all of it, but just that little bit, letting them know the more that they hear something, the more they repeat something, the better and easier it's going to be. Um, And then number five, you know, your dog needs to stay healthy. Just like we do. So make healthy choices for your dog. Plenty of things they're going to burn off. Some of those things are just for fun. But, um, you know, keeping an eye on your dog living their best and healthiest life, regular checkups, um, good food, um, good nutrition, lab work, all the stuff that they need so they can live their best um, and most awesome life. Right. No, those are really great tips. And again, it just always brings me back to like kids. And that's why you always say kids are the dogs are the new kids. And I, yeah. I love that because I think it's really, really true. So you're doing all this research. Let's go back to the journey. You go back and you do all the research, you do all the paperwork, all that stuff. And now during this journey, how long did it take you from the time you, it was a thought mm-hmm. to the time you actually you know, cut that ribbon and had your opening of WAG Central in Stratford, Connecticut. All right. So I'm blessed in some ways that, um, you know, being in my other job of being a landlord, I have people who are happy to work for me. Luckily, um, construction workers, I have, you know, electricians, I've got plumbers. So You're connected. You're connected. I was connected. And while this was all going on, they were getting excited. They were planning this job alongside of me. They were thinking about the best ways and the best ways to, you know, have, um, you know, different finishes and surfaces and all this stuff that was going to be easy for dog care. Um, and I feel in some ways we've revolutionized that at this particular facility and so many good things. So because of that, I probably was able to get this off the ground in less than two years. I would say from beginning to end, you know, probably about 22 months. And that includes training. I was training as I was being the GC of a job. I bought a big old building and changed it right into what I wanted it to be. And now about four years later, I'm still really happy with, I think, 92% of all the things that I did in there. If I had to change a couple things, yeah, there are a couple things, but for the most part, I think 
I think it's set up well that there's, you know, good decisions were made. Um, I don't think I ever had any idea what the upkeep and all of that was. And, you know, dogs can damage things, you know, give them nothing to do and they'll think of something to do. So it's always, you know, being creative and a step ahead of, you know, these very smart animals. But, um, but yeah, I think for the most part, I'm still happy with everything that's come about. And I just feel it evolving and myself evolving even more. Yeah, I've seen that with it too. And when I I dropped Ava off the other day and I was looking around and so a few things have shifted where, you know, and that that's part of having a business. Like you have an idea of what it's going Mm -hmm. to be. And then you're like, wait a minute. It's like living in a space. Wait a minute. This isn't working. Let's, let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's pivot. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of pivoting this past year. Yeah. Um, What was it like to go through the pandemic? You were you were considered an essential worker. Was that surprising to you? <laughs> you know what? I really didn't know where it was going to go like most people. And I'm, you know, everybody was like, oh yeah, we'll see you in two weeks, right? Like we thought this was going to be a quick, easy, you know, two weeks sort of thing. And then when the months went on, but yes, we were considered essential. Why? Because a lot of people count on us like a regular daycare for their child. And it was nice that um, the state of Connecticut looked at it that way. You know, we certainly service many nurses and doctors and police officers who were essential and needed to go to work, but they still needed a place for their new puppy or their older dog or someone to care for them, especially because they might've been working more hours at the time. Um, I know that we also provided overnight care to dogs whose owners were sick with COVID. COVID at the time. So there was a lot of that going on, but business definitely dwindled. Um, it was rough. And when I opened this business, I had plenty of consultants telling me, hey, this is a recession-proof business, but nobody ever for, you know, in a million years thought, wow, is this a pandemic-proof business? And um, that's been super interesting to figure out as we've been going along here, how to make this a pandemic-proof business. Why? Luckily, you know, dogs didn't get COVID, right? I was really lucky with right. that. And then you right. have there was and there was that back and forth about whether I, I mean I think there was like a few cases reported yeah. and that was I don't know if that was truth or somebody you know it was it wasn't um, but that must have been a little unnerving to you knowing that oh my goodness we might have to close for. Th- for three months or whatever. Right. What if that happens? What if, right. yeah, what if that happens? This is stuff you like, I don't want to read at two o'clock in the morning, but then when you're <laughs> up and you're trying to figure stuff out or you think you're solving all the world's problem at two o'clock in the morning, you're reading the stuff and then you're Always. like, okay, just let Always. me go to sleep because I've got to go back to work tomorrow. And right. I have to say, you know, I, I like to say that I like to work smart and not that hard, but right. um, I was definitely working hard, right? I, you were, a lot of, you were. Yeah, a lot of employees needed to stay home. And all of a sudden, I was back to the stuff that I was doing right when I opened the business, which was the actual sitting in doggy daycare and watching the dogs grow and making sure that they got along and monitoring playgroups. But it was cool. It was fine. Right. So you pivoted. So during that, so you go into a business, you create this new, beautiful daycare. It's absolutely gorgeous. We'll get into everything that you offer. And you're like, okay, this is pretty recession-proof. Cool. Now Mm -hmm. we're in a pandemic. Okay. It looks like we're going to survive. Things are a little tough, but it's going to survive. And that's actually when I started bringing my dog to you was because my fitness studio was closed for three months. And I'm like, okay, no dog walkers to my house anymore. And I'll bring them to WAG. And it was, it was a game changer for my dog. Um, What, you know, the thing that I love about your place is the swimming pool. Can we just Ah. talk about that for a few minutes here? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So part of keeping to, to give dogs recreation through the course of this, I learned, you know, dogs, most dogs can swim. They are able to, there are some that I cannot, I won't get into it, but you know, for the most part, you know, it's a great thing to try. And again, thinking about the longevity of a dog, you know, year one, maybe it doesn't matter that they can, can or can't swim, although it's the pivotal time to teach them things. But at year 12, when all of a sudden they might have a hip issue or arthritis, you know, what kind of exercise can you give a dog? You don't want them to get more, to, to become obese at that time. So swimming is great exercise, 20 minutes in the pool. And, you know, we're happy to do whatever clients say, you know, it could be like, oh, let them go in if they feel like it. And I know Ava, your dog is just so happy to just jump right in. She's one she of the is. first ones. There are other dogs that need a little nudging or a light vest or a long lead to pull them around. But, you know, just probably like any other exercise, or if you can compare them to a kid who doesn't want to go in the pool and take swim lessons, you know, we'll, we'll get it done. And at the end, of the day, it's just checking to make sure they're getting that exercise that they need. And if they're that kind of dog that sits around on the couch all day, kind of like humans, some choose to do that too. You know, that 20 minutes of exercise goes a long way and doing that a few times a week can help with, you know, rehabbing whatever is going on, or again, just getting them not to be so complacent and kind of keeping them young and fresh. So that's, what's fun about the pool. But, um, you know, if I'm ever speaking about some of the things that, that, um, were, important when I was putting this business together. And, you know, if there's any other business owners who are listening, it's really about setting up your business to have multi-revenue streams. Um, and that's what, that was really important, um, keeping us alive. If we were just an overnight dog boarding place, right. then all of a sudden there was a pandemic and all of a sudden nobody's traveling. In fact, they're not even letting you travel, then things would have been really grim. But the fact is we keep dogs overnight. We have dogs for doggy daycare. We have dogs that need to be groomed. Um, we have dogs that need to swim. We have dogs that need to be trained. So through all of that, having all of those um, different uh, different centers, it really kept things alive. And there's so many businesses that can do that now. I'm sure you do it. Yeah. I mean, in the fitness business, we were, it, yeah, we pivoted real fast to online <laughs> and offered all different things. Right. But with the dogs, you know, I think that's so important to have those different streams of income when you hit, who knew we were ever going to go through a pandemic? And to have that there for them um, was so important because you've, you've got to survive. And we all learned to survive a little right. differently this past year. So things are booming now. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always cautiously optimistic, you know, it's hard for me to say too much. I, I'm always looking for ways to grow and be better. And, and, you know, and I run on adrenaline kind of like you, like, okay, waking up in the morning. Okay. What do we got going on today? How are we going to tackle this? How can we make this better? What's the next thing? Um, but yeah, things, things are looking up and it's also, you know, how do we keep making things better? Right. I, just the way well, we're always evolving. Right. Our businesses are always evolving. We are always evolving as people and, you know, not everybody has that attitude about forever evolving, but that's how you keep a business afloat. I mean, you've got to be on top of new trends, new ideas, and I'm sure things are changing so quickly in your business given the huge surge in adoption rates and so on because of the pandemic and, you know, staying on top of those things. But you have, you offer so many creative ways to, um, 
interest the dog. So when they come home, what do you call it? The, they're in a, a, a car. Oh, we call it the wag hangover. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some people yeah. don't like that. It's finding that balance, right? You still want to play with your dog and enjoy your dog, but you still want your dog to be tired and then you don't feel like you've gotten your money's worth. So it's finding that balance. It is. It's always finding that balance and, you know, seeing her come home and uh, being so exhausted. It, it thrills me because I know that physically she's, she's gotten what she needs and mentally yeah. she's gotten what she needs. So you've, You've built like a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, We are going to take a quick break. So everybody stay with us. We have more to share about WAG Central, Angela Pantalon, what inspires her, what she does to take care of herself when she's not taking care of all those dogs. So we'll be right back in a few minutes, everybody. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I am with Angela Pantalone, owner of WAG Central in Stratford, Connecticut. And we are talking all things gone to the dogs. That kids mm-hmm. are, that dogs are the new kids. Angela was a kindergarten teacher and she has applied those amazing skills to running an award winning canine cultural hub, as we call it. Yes. Yes. Welcome back, Ange. Um, Thank you. We were talking a lot about um, dogs, obviously, and how you started your business and the idea that came to you and how Lulu inspired you. <laughs> it's kind of cute to think about that. But yeah. if somebody um, somebody gets a dog, you gave us five tips on what somebody should know when they get a dog, but what should they look for in a daycare for a dog? Ah, all right. So are we doing a top three again? Let's do top you three. Can give me top three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to find a daycare that will show you everything. You don't want to walk into a place where they say, hey, you can't go into this room. Um, they really shove open doors because you are like a, like a, just like a daycare. You want to see where your kid is going to be all day. You Good want point. to see what your kid will be up to. You want to see where your kid is housed. Um, you also want to, um, you know, I love first impressions. So I think it should smell good. I think it should look good. I think you should, um, you know, just be aware of those sort of things when you walk in. Um, I, I love a good website. I love good social media. Um, it helps you see what your dog is doing during the course of the day. Um, I think you should get pictures and updates during the day. So you know how your dog is doing. Um, I love that. I just want to say as a, as a patron of your business that I do love to know, and I never put my kids in daycare because I was fortunate enough to stay home with them. Um, but it, it's such a good feeling. It's to reassuring to know that Ava's having a good time and that she's safe and that she, you know, she looks like she's having a great time and get, I get several pictures throughout the day. So I don't know if that's a normal thing that other daycares do, but I love the fact that you offer that. And I think that's a great thing to look for. I I like that too. So there are a lot of options. You can actually go to a doggy daycare where you can see your dog on camera all day. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that would have been fine with me. I opted not to go that route. I just feel that employees don't want to be in a fishbowl and be watched all day um, and have people watching all day either. You know, we've got work to do. Right. We don't need to be watching all day. But again, that's only my theory on this. Some people differ with mine and that's cool. But I do find that when we send a quick photo over to the owner, we tell them what's going on. Sometimes a video snippet of them in the pool or doing a training session. Um, today we did an agility, uh, ag- agility um, enrichment with tunnels. And, you know, so we send a little video of that over to the owner. So they have that snippet of the day. They know their dog is doing great and then they can go on with whatever they're doing. Um, that's my philosophy. That's what I like about it. And the things that you offer, I'm not sure if we finished that you have the swimming pool, you have canine enrichment. I could probably throw out all the things that you do, but can you share with everybody all everything that you do offer? Sure. So, you know, I really like that everything we're doing has an educational connection, right? I'm a teacher at heart. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher of humans, but I'm also a teacher of dogs. So we do silly things like doggy um, arts and crafts. We do that on Wednesday. Yesterday, the dogs, you know, put paw prints on a birdhouse. But at the end of the day, by getting the dog's paw in some paint and putting that on the side of a birdhouse, I mean, it was an exercise in focus. It was an exercise in being able to be held, maybe being um, feeling a little bit about being comfortable 
people in maybe an uncomfortable sort of situation, just like when we're holding your dog, giving your dog a vaccine or trying to trim their nails. So, um, you know, the earlier and the more that we do this, the more focused and relaxed your dog will be, especially in the hands of strangers. So it's one of the things that I like, and that's just one of the educational connections. So um, you asked what we do. We do overnight dog boarding. Um, so we keep your dogs overnight. We try to keep them in the most comfortable um, home-like um, situation that they could feel. Um, we don't just do a room full of dogs. We have their own separate spaces. Dogs are, um, if you think about what they would have be doing in the wild, they'd be in a separate space. They'd be in a low place. They'd be in a dark spot. They'd be in a small space. So we try to recreate that within our facility. Um, but if your dog is a dog that sleeps in bed with you, we're able to give you that, um, to give your dog that experience too, where we have a human on board all the time and the dog could be in a bed with a human. So it really kind of comes down to um, what you'd like. Um, we do doggy grooming, right? Dogs need baths. Dogs need to be have their nails trimmed. Um, dogs need to have haircuts, you know, depending on the breed. Um, oftentimes they might have flea and tick or have get sprayed by a skunk. We take care of all of that. Um, there's doggy daycare, like I mentioned. And then there's certain add-ons that we do, like the crafts I mentioned, photo shoots. Tomorrow we're having a doggy prom where we're going to dress the dogs That's up so and cute. give them doggy champagne. And again, you know, getting a dog to sit still for a photo shoot or to put a fun prop on them. Again, maybe it seems silly and it sounds like we're personifying too much, but I can always find an educational connection. Um, and then paying attention to the fact that dog senses aren't exactly the same as humans. You know, their nose is the number one thing. So things have to smell appetizing to them and not necessarily to us. So, um, you know, paying attention to that. And also, you know, we get tired sitting at a desk all day um, and maybe not necessarily running around the, you know, running around the block. And it's also paying attention to the fact that dogs like that kind of sort of sensory stimulation that also tires them yes. out. Sometimes simply being in a room with 60 other dogs and smelling them is enough to wipe them out. So we really want to just give them what they need and finding all these ways to do it. We do dog training as well. We have a little boutique for dogs. Um, our retail is totally um, hand selected by me simply through my networking in the industry. Um, and I love indie brands, ones that you're not going to find at some of the big boxes. And I'm a huge supporter of small business and I have to say through the, the pandemic, I kind of became that way even more so because I really get it. You know, right. it hits people directly. I, I really get it. You probably learned a lot during during that time as a business owner that you had to step it up, learn a lot more. I mean, we're always learning in our businesses what we need to do to make it better. But especially at such an uncertain time, you know, as you, as you said, you just really connected more so with other business owners and wanted to support them because that was a time still and still now we need to support small businesses. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, keeping an eye out for the little guy. We have a lot of choices, right? We have a lot of choices. We can simply get on our computer and purchase things. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I certainly right. do it. And it's convenience. Um, but at the same time, too, you know, sometimes it's it's um, helps out your fellow man to, you know, support a restaurant Definitely. or, you know, to just go and buy something and um, from a store or so, yeah, support that way. So, yeah, I get that part of it. I and, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me, you know, we, we talked about you being a kindergarten teacher and, but you're also a mom. Yeah. So talk to me about your kids. Are they involved in the business? How old are they? What do they, what did they think of, we know that Lulu loved the fact that you were opening <laughs> up this, this place, but what about your kids? Did they think you were crazy or yeah, not crazy, uh, but were they like, mom, what are you doing? 
I don't, you know, it's kind of, it's been, I, and I, 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 this is such an overdone word, but I can't think of a better one right now. So yeah, this has been a journey for them too, right? That word journey, sometimes I just cringe, but it has, you know, okay. they've grown up knowing about their mom owning a business. They have seen like, like, you know, the evolution of things they saw yes. when I was, when this was just an idea, they saw when I was leaving them and going to dog training classes and they were sucking it up on their own, you know, with a sitter or whatever, while I was doing this. I, in fact, they came to some classes with me. And then when I was really researching the business, I was doing that in the middle of the summer. So we were jumping on planes and, you know, visiting Portland, Oregon and Austin, Texas. And oh gosh, where else have we been? We've been to Boston. There's so many great dog care facilities around the country. And I was really looking for those examples of just seeing how good stuff was put into action. So they were part of that journey with me. They all handle dogs very well. They all work in the business in one aspect or another. I see that both of my daughters have an entrepreneurial spirit about them. They get it. My oldest daughter um, right now is in um, uh, double majoring in neurosciences and in um, business communication. So I, I think the hope is at the end is that she does become a veterinarian. Um, but I also think she knows that the best way to do that is for her to own her own practice. So right. I think she's getting that simply because, you know, she sees what I'm doing. Um, not to pat myself on the back so much. I mean, she's, uh, I give a lot of my stuff to age and experience. I mean, she's only 21. So she's getting that from someplace else. Um, my middle daughter, the same kind of thing. I, if I have to look at somebody who can lead a pack of dogs and getting dogs to listen to you, as opposed to like 15 children, a little bit different, right? We're speaking a whole different language, but she gets it. And my son as well, he's a doggy daycare worker. He gets it. And, you know, they all like that little bit of money in their bank. They all understand when they see their pay stub about what comes out and why. Um, and I think that's just really, so really good stuff. Yeah. It's important to teach kids about money. Um, I, I don't think that, um, the all older generations, my my parents included, felt they had to teach us about money per se. They needed to, you know, they felt they needed to teach us about other things that money would just come along. But I think it's such a disservice when you don't teach your children the value of a dollar. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. Oh, because yeah. Because even though maybe your oldest one had a part-time job at the time, uh, before you started the business, they really got got into it. And now they're seeing, oh, wow, if I work more hours, I make more money. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm wondering if you were surprised to see this skill sets that each of your children actually had that maybe you never knew or they didn't know. And it was being uncovered right in front of them and for themselves say, whoa, I didn't know that I could actually train a dog or lead a dog or do this. Heck, Jody, I didn't know that I had that trait, that whole skill set. Um, but yeah, it kind of emerges and you kind of pick it up quickly. Um, but it's really neat to see amongst amongst the kids because there's so many things that come into this, right? I talked about this being a multi-revenue, um, you know, having multi-revenue streams here and understanding and getting all of that. You know, one of the cutest compliments, backhanded compliments that my oldest daughter gave me was like, mom, let me figure out the, mon the money stuff here. You just go and be creative. And I thought, <laughs> to myself, okay, well, she called me creative. Yeah. And 
And yeah, I am sometimes, but you know, the execution of that obviously is to make sure you're making money and make sure that at the end of the day, whatever you're putting out there, but you know, say we charge $6 for this dog prompt tomorrow. And, and maybe you say, okay, that was maybe a break even because I got on Amazon. I bought balloons. I bought this all, whatever. But you know what? There's also the whole thing. I feel like I have to teach her the shift of that too, because did, did 10 more dogs come to daycare today because they knew there was a dog prompt? So maybe the add-on wasn't what really drew in the revenue, but the fact is the fact that we put it out there that we were doing a dog prom made more dogs come. So again, it's not always splitting the hairs of where it's coming from. It's just, you know, keeping the monster going and keeping the excitement there. Now we have clients, right? Who are our clients? We've got two-legged human people and we've got the four-legged clients too. So we're oftentimes thinking about what's best for the client and wait a minute, who is the client anyway? But right. obviously, you know, at the end of the day, it's the dog. We want the dog to be happy and the dog to be having fun and enjoying themselves, running up the stairs, jumping out of the car before the owner can get the leash on and pushing the door open to get in because they can't wait. So that's a lot of joy. That's what brings the joy to the business. Well, it's like with our kids, you know, we're only as happy as our saddest kids. So if your dog's not happy, mom and dad aren't happy. The owner's not happy. So I think you're right. You know, who is the client? It's really the dog, right? Because dog comes home happy and safe then you're like, okay, I want to bring them back. Did you ever think that when you did open the business, that you would be opening up this whole new world of entrepreneurship to your children? No, I don't think I thought that for a minute at all. But um, it is really fun to watch them blossom. It's really fun to see the ideas. Um, You know, even when it comes to Annie, my middle daughter just recently designed um, new tank tops for all of the staff and just watching them all wear them today and be excited and giving Annie all that, those props for doing that. It was, it was neat. And I know she felt great about it. So yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a little thing and they're, it's just constant the way they happen. And you know, how, how does that all fit into what we've got going on? It's just, it's such good stuff. Where the, ki- the kids are always watching us, just like our dogs are always watching us. And I, I've seen your kids grow tremendously since you opened up WAG, and you know it's, uh, it's great to see them being like being little business people. Mm. And you know that's why I asked you if you thought that because I remember at the beginning I was I was your we've been friends for a long time and. No, it just started with an idea, but again, it just evolved into this this whole family, almost a family affair, um, yeah. but understanding everything about it. So during the process of you starting the business, getting into it, pandemic, everything where you are right now, were you ever afraid of this idea? You're spending a, a ton of money, a ton of time, two things people want more of all the time, time and money, right? So you're spending right. time and money. Did you ever think once that this might fail? It's such an interesting question. And I don't know if it just speaks to my personality. Um, I know the answer no, to this question. I really I didn't. <laughs> I, I really, really didn't. I don't know why. Maybe I figured there was always an out. I, I don't know. Um, but if I think about some of the corny things I say, and the more we say some of our corny sayings, the more we believe them, right? They're really for ourselves. They're really sometimes not for others. One of the things I always say is that worry is a wasted emotion. Like why even bother worrying? Let's just put that aside. Either something's going to happen or it's not, and then you'll deal with it. So I never really worried. Maybe there were things, yeah, but I don't spend a lot of time in the worry bucket. It's no, just you, not don't. You, d- I you don't. You don't. 
I spend more time in the, and I don't know if it's just my mindset. I, I don't know. I always say that some of the worst things that are ever going to happen to me have already happened. So what's, what's, you know, bring it on, you know, I will figure it out. Um, I'm also, I think a decent problem solver. And again, I think this goes more to age and experience more so than true wisdom, but, um, you know, okay, someone's unhappy, someone is this, I know that there's this 24 hour rule, when someone's upset about something, you know, sometimes they need to marinate on on it, they might tell you that, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal right now. But 24 hours later, it might become a big deal, right? You talk to more people, you get other people's insight, people might, you know, affect the way your thoughts are on something. So even though someone might say, hey, I'm really happy, I don't really know if they're happy till 24 hours later. So the 24 hour rule is very important to me um, in life and in business. And then, you know, then there's this, you know, there's some other ways of thinking that, you know what, just staying with what you know and knowing what you don't know, finding the right answer and being a good problem solver. Like people often get so wrapped up in the argumentative sort of part of it, but it's like, okay, here's the problem. Here's the solution. How do we get there without all the jibber jabberish in between? And let's just cut to the chase. How do we fix it? And it's not always an easy answer, but I'm really good at getting to the solution as opposed to getting so wrapped up in the minutiae and the, you know, the, the heightened um, emotion of things and taking the emotion like out that, of it sometimes. Do you think you were like that before the business? I, I think you were. I might have been. As a kindergarten teacher, right? You have to be patient. You have to be calm. I remember learning in my first six weeks of having a classroom to myself as opposed to being a student teacher or a substitute teacher. I was coming home with like laryngitis. I had all of these five-year-olds and I was trying to get them to listen to me. And I realized um, that whatever I was doing wasn't working, the raising of the voice. And then, you know, you learn to whisper or you learn, you know, that just silence is so important or or that if you just don't keep up or you're not listening to the teacher, then that and all of a sudden you're going to miss something. And that, that whole building of excitement is important too. So yeah, it's all these little life lessons, but you're right. I don't think I really spent much time in that particular bucket of it all. No, I think, I no, I, I, I think you're good like that. You don't spend a lot of time worrying. And I think that's a lesson for lots of people to learn and to be aware of that. That worry is, can be a waste of your time. Yeah. Um, so in speaking of worrying, which can affect our our mental wellness. For sure. How do you how do you take care of yourself when you're not running the business, showing your children, showing your employees what needs to be done, setting up the prom for your dogs? Um, what do you do to take care of yourself? Uh, what do you do in your spare time? But really, it's the self care. You're offering all this self this care for the dogs. What do you do for yourself? So I'll start by saying I work a lot. Um, sometimes I can even work in bed though, right? You know, you're posting something or you're, you're, you're doing something and you're still horizontal, which is great. But on top of that, you know, it's, it's figuring out and not planning too far ahead. I really try not to plan too far ahead, you know, um, and that drives some people crazy, but Every morning, I definitely need to get a sweat on. Um, I'm a Peloton junkie. I am a tennis player. I am a horrible runner, but I do it. Um, right now, my body doesn't want to run, so I've just been sprinting. You know, you walk a little, you run a little, you walk a little, you run a little. Um, Yay. It's, Yay. it's looking in the mirror a lot to make sure that things are in check. Um, I, um, you know, I know how I want to look and present myself, so I make sure that, you know, I'm eating healthy, I'm making good choices, I'm, you know, a 
glass of wine is always good, but the of second course. one is not always, always the best choice. Um, I used to be your trainer, remember? I know, I know. And you honestly had a big impact on, you know, and I have to say, you know, what would be a really big impact on me too? And I don't do it anymore because I've hurt my back, but at some point I probably get back into it. But yoga was so good for me. Um, I didn't always buy into the mental part of the yoga, but I just standing up taller and straighter and constantly having my stomach tight and standing up straight and tall, even the way that I sit and present myself. Um, I think all of that's good. Um, and then you get more confidence, right? You know, I never really have a conversation where I don't look people in the eye. I feel that's important in making that connection. Um, so, you know, it's that healthy balance of physical and it's that healthy balance of great social and relationships. I've got tons of good friends. I've got a lovely network. I've got a tight circle. You know, I've got great family. I've got supportive people around me. Um, you know, people say later on, oh, I don't have room in you, for you in my life because of whatever. Like, I don't really have those people. I find the good in everybody and I hope they find the good in me. And yeah, I try to make time for everybody. You know, I'm on my phone a lot because it's blowing up with obviously work things, but I love when I get a little text from a friend saying, Hey, what's going on? Update me. You know, like that's the stuff that helps you shine. And those are the things that keep me smiling mentally healthy and, and the physical healthy stuff comes along too. Very you know, true. if I don't it's, work it, out two days in a row, man, I am ready to go out there and do something. I think it goes back to the whole socialization. You know, you need to, you're talking about the network and your friends and the support system, similar mm -hmm. to what you offer the dogs, that socialization, not to try to connect everything to the dogs, but it's that socialization that's so important um, and getting out there, moving your body, exercising, so you do stay healthy. And yeah. I'm happy to hear that you do spend, take the time to do that, because I don't think that you would be able to do the things that you do at WAG as well if you didn't take that time. I think that's so important for entrepreneurs, small business owners to understand that they first have to take care of themselves so they can take care of others. And in this case, your business. Totally agree. And, you know, and, and, and my business is a lot of like others, right? It never shuts down. We don't lock our doors. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, holidays, bad days, stormy days, whatever. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't close. And don't. if you don't take that minute to take a break and you get completely messed up and part of every single thing and you don't take a break for yourself, then yeah. And I, and I've saw, I've seen myself do that. Believe me, I'm, you know, I'm no pillar of anything, but, um, there is a time where you just take that step back and you've got to let others do it. Might be not micromanage so much, um, have faith in the people that you've hired to be your team and, uh, let it go from there. You brought up micromanaging, um, oh. just to touch upon it for a minute. Cause we're almost at the end of the show and I have a few more questions I wanted to ask you. And I'm asking Erin, sure. if we could extend this a little bit longer here. Um, so I'm waiting to hear what he'll say, but what is your, what is your management skills? What do, do you micromanage or kind of I leave things alone? I, you know, it's interesting because I go back and forth on this. I don't like when I don't know a client, if I don't know an owner or I don't know a dog or I hear something about a dog and I'm like, wait a minute, who's that dog? How come I don't know them? So it is keeping my finger on the pulse of what's going on. Do I need to know every single thing? I can't possibly, right? But um I do want to know when there's an issue, but I also want to know the victories too. Like, what's so great? What's what's going on here? Yes. But again, like I said, it's that constant cycle. Um, so yes, um, 
yes, I micromanage in some ways, but also it is giving the reins. Like I know when the staff is on, I know that they've got it. And I know that they're contacting me if they need me, or if there is something that they simply can't figure out. And again, I go to agent experience, like, Hey, there's a simple answer to everything. We can complicate the the heck out of it, but um, there's probably a simple answer. Um, And again, you know, with different ages and different um, backgrounds, not everybody takes that simple path from the problem to the solution. So I try to be that light and I try to guide, you know, I've got a lot of young people who work with me who love animals and they sit and they interview with me and they're like, I just love animals. I've got a pit bull at home. I train my dog myself. And it's, you know, how do you take that fire that happens in my office when you're meeting into, you know, putting you in a pack of dogs and getting you to prosper and getting you to succeed and think about it. I tell a lot of people who take my dog training classes, like, Hey, this is going to make you a good dog trainer, but guess what? If you're thinking about being a good parent, this is going to help you be a good parent, set rules, set boundaries, you know, no means no, yes means yes. Hey, when we're making a decision, do you want the green bone or you want the black bone? You know, like which one do you want? Well, keep right. It simple, and it's, keep it small. I, I did this horse training um, therapy a couple of months ago. I, I, and it similar to dog training, like you, when you're giving a command, whether it's to your child come here now, because there's danger. And I'm putting your seatbelt on because that's going to keep you safe. It's the same commands with a dog, with a child. We want to, we want to keep them safe. So I like the fact that you know with your management style, you know, where to micromanage, where to let it go, what needs, what needs more attention, what doesn't, because if we're micromanaging all the time, it's I think it's hard to see the bigger picture sometimes. Right. And uh, listen, it's still a growth process. There are times that I have these aha moments and I'm like, oh, I should have done this or, oh, that could have been better. Or, you know, if I had taken a minute, I would have done this differently. I often tell my staff, run interference. You know, someone will come in and say, is the owner here? And I'll be like, oh my God, who are you? What did I do wrong? What is this about? You know, like, okay, find out who they are. What do they want? How do they hear about (laughs) me? Are they just selling insurance or is it really a gripe? Yeah. I don't like to be caught off guard, right? Does anybody, but I try to be good on the fly when I am. But, uh, you know, I do. I have those moments when I backpedal. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Oh, no, no. You know, and I appreciate I appreciate you sharing all these really honest moments. So as we come to the end of the show, we've talked about so many things. And thank you for all of this information about dogs and, and starting a business and children. And it's just been so informative. How do you live a fearlessly authentic life? Ah, I knew that question was coming. All right. Um, or what does fearlessly so, authentic mean to you? To me, okay. Listen, I I think I'm always humble. I think that anyone will compliment me or praise me, and I will still find some way to be like, oh, thanks so much, but 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 but, and I should just maybe say thank you. Um, but I'm humble, and I think it's a good thing to have. I like to make eye contact. I know that people want to tell their story, and I want to hear it. I like a good exchange of conversation where I get as much out of the person I'm talking to as they're giving me. Um, I always want to find ways to improve myself. So, you know, if I'm not making a video of the five you know, ways to walk your dog or why you should choose this leech that I'm watching someone else who's in the same industry. Tell me about it. I want to learn, you know, I want my brain to stay awake and lively and learn more things. Um, I'm really good at laughing at myself. Um, I, I posted a video earlier where I was just blowing up balloons and every time one would pop, I would scream. And I knew that I was probably chasing clients out the door, but I was like, blah, but yeah, just again, just keeping it simple and just still loving life. 
Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really quick, we got to go in like 10 seconds. How can yeah. people reach you? Oh, um, check me out on Instagram. We're at WAG Central. We have a website called WAGCentralCT.com and we're located in Stratford, Connecticut. Easy to find. Or Google me, Angela Pantalone. Thank you, Angela, so much for being on the show today and sharing everything with us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please share and save and share with your friends and love. And thank you for joining me again. We'll see you next Thursday, thank everybody. Thank you, Jody. Bye. Thanks, Ange. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.